let's go to um, to Galatians 5 and let's start from verse 13. Um, and in fact, actually, I, I want to, before I even go to verse 13, I want to just read verse 1. So it, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject to a yoke of slavery. Right? So, so here's what I want us to understand once again about the whole idea of, of love. Right? In order to love, you have to be free. Right? And, and uh, love is the highest form of freedom. So someone who actually says this, to, oh, you know what? I, I, I don't want to serve God. I want to be free, right? Really, the whole idea of not serving God, you're in bondage because if you're not serving God, you're serving someone else who doesn't want you to be free. So not serving God is serving Satan. So there's no such thing as you can go into a corner and have your own freedom. Because if you could do that, you, your, it would mean that your life was contingent upon yourself. And we have our origin. We have parents. We have this. We all trace our, our, ourselves back to Adam. Right. And so our lives are contingent. We come into the world not knowing who our parents are. Right. I mean, my entire life growing up, I was calling my uh, uh, foster parent a, a Caucasian English woman who was old enough to be my grandmother, mother, and never called my biological mother. Uh, mother when she was would visit right so the point i'm trying to make I, I want us to almost redefine freedom because a lot of kids will actually say oh, i don't want that god stuff i want to be free but it's not really freedom it's just a case of bondage and this is what paul is talking about here is that it was for freedom that christ set us free Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So re how do I redefine freedom? The more you serve God, the more liberated you'll be. And the less you serve God, the more in bondage you will be. So let me go to my message now because it all ties in. Verse 13. For you are called to, three, to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, which is bondage, but through love serve one another. And so, as I said, Christ set us free so that we could love one another. If somebody says, you know what? I hate that person. That person's in bondage. That that person is in bondage. True freedom is about doing what you were created 
to do. Satan didn't create anyone. Satan is the original author of hate groups. He is the original author of all lies. Jesus calls him the father. You know, of your father, the devil, who authored every lie, right? So for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So think about this now, right? If love is about the highest good, right? So if, for example, if I'm breaking any of the 10 commandments, think about this, somehow I, I am not, someone is gonna receive the repercussions of that. And clearly I'm not loving. If I steal someone's car, right? Someone has gotta pay for that in some kind of way, maybe a lost job, lost convenience, whatever, what, essentially what I am doing, I am not serving that person with the highest good. Now, if I give a person a car, I would be. But if I'm taking it away, I would not be. Meaning then that really the law is only meant to really restrain evil. Think about it. It's a restrainer of evil so God can have the highest good for every single person, right? That's what the law was meant to do. But now take the law away and let's put it in our hearts because really the spirit should illumine the law, make it real to us so that by the spirit we can act in a way where people in our sphere of influence are being impacted in such a way where how we serve them is for the highest good, meaning that people are the goal of our good deeds and God is the source of it, right? And so, so but if you bite and devour one another, and a person who does that is in bondage, Take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk. So when the Bible says walk, it's talking about live. The Greek word is parapeteo. It means to move around. So it's talking about walk, living by the spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So without dependence upon the spirit, right? You are going to carry out the desire of the flesh, right? So it's important in order for us to be able to love the way that God wants us to, that we depend on the spirit. That's where real victory is. In ourselves, we really can't love. In ourselves, we do want to consume other people. In ourselves, we've got anger, rage, irritability, impatience, intolerance, you've got all of these things. So, but I say, walk by the spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the, uh, and the spirit against the flesh. 
for they are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are being led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And so what does that mean? Being under the law is essentially a death penalty. I can't do anything if I am under the law because the law is a system that essentially talks about all of God's requirements for righteousness. Now, it's impossible, impossible to keep that law. And I'll tell you even the reason why it's impossible. Because of the flesh, just because of the sinful nature, if you see something with a sinful nature that you are not supposed to do, because you're already predisposed to sin, you want to do it even more. You want to do it even more. I remember in the 90s, when I used to smoke Cuban cigars, people used to say, oh, Robert, you can get your Nicaraguan cigars, Dominican cigars, you can get your cigars. No, I want Cuban because I'm not supposed to want Cubans. I'm not supposed to want something that's contraband. I'm not supposed to, really. But because of the sinful nature, I want to do it. Many kids, you tell them, don't do it. But why? Why? And they'll want to do it anyway. You know, all of you have been told, hey, don't do this. You shouldn't do this. Hey, you shouldn't drink. You shouldn't drink and drive. Well, hey, guess what? I did it a bunch of times. And then, so if you look, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. It's very, very important because if I am being led by the spirit, what am I embracing? I'm embracing grace, right? I am embracing grace in order to love We've got to embrace grace. And in order to love, right, and in embracing grace, I'm actually embracing God's enablement to love, right? What were the Pharisees not doing? They were not embracing grace. So they were embracing the law. They were law keepers. They weren't loving people. They were imposing this law on people, something that they could not keep themselves, right? And there's no righteousness in the law because it's impossible to keep the law. The only righteousness comes by grace. Why this is important is that we have got to be honest with ourselves. What are we dependent upon? Is it, is it totally grace, which it should be? Is it 50% grace, 50% law? which it should not be. There should be no law whatsoever. If you embrace grace, you're embracing the finishing work of Christ and grace is Christ's finishing work of, of actually keeping the law, which is given to me, to us, right? So that we can depend on that, right? And then focus on the matter at hand, which is loving people. Whereas if you try to focus on the law, which you can't keep, right, then you're going to be in this legalistic system, 
which totally sucks out the any love oxygen out of the way. So you're really, are you keeping the law? You're really using judgment as a standard with people rather than love. So, so then look at 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, se uh, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what am I saying? What I am saying is this, in a nutshell. I'm kind of going about it in a circuitous kind of way, a roundabout way. But what I'm saying is this, if you try to depend on the law, you will, in essence, be committing more sin. You will be committing more sin. And we're starting Romans next week. And when we get into Romans, we're going to talk a lot about the law and, and, and sin. And we're going to be jumping back and forth into Galatians. But if I try to keep the law in my own power, the law is essentially going to tell me how weak I am to keep it and the law is going to incite me to do it. So the law is also going to incite me to do what I'm weak in not doing. It's very, very, very important. When people start talking about, oh, those Christians, Chris, I saw somebody on Facebook talking about, oh, oh what are the words? This was, these were Christians now. What are words to characterize Christians? Nasty and fake and all of this stuff that was going on. But what are those kind of Christians that behave like that? Those people are people who are trying to keep the law. Really, those are people who are trying to keep the law. Why was the Apostle Paul so successful? Because he was so dependent upon grace. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. And if you are keeping, trying to keep the law, which you can't, one, you're going to be miserable. Two, you're not going to be loving anyone. And the way you're going to measure people is by the law. You're not getting, if you're not embracing grace, you will not be extending grace to anybody. So you're just going to be judging people like the Pharisees. Very, very, very important. Very important because there's all kinds of Christians. When I hear something, oh, I'm a Christian. That means nothing to me. That's almost like someone saying I'm human. That means nothing because I know. I understand the strands of Christianity. I understand that really, are you a Christian? Okay, you're a Christian in your terms. I, I really don't. Here's what matters. Not do I, does a person know the Lord? No, of what's of infinitely more importance does the lord know you that's an infinite uh, of infinitely more importance it's like there's coming a time when uh people are going to go to jesus lord lord didn't we cast out demons in your name didn't we prophesy in your depart from me you workers of iniquity i never knew you so it's important that we get this grace thing correctly 
right? And so, um, so, but look what it says in verse 22, what the fruit of the spirit is. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Now, those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So those that don't, haven't, and those are the people who are law keepers. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become boastful. So boasting, you know, any, any person who is a boaster is really not a Christian, really. It's not the character. It's not the hallmark of Christian. In fact, it's the hallmark of the devil. That's what he does. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. So if someone is a person that loves people, one, the, the hallmark is it, of it is this gentleness, this kindness. We talked about that in Corinthians. And so if somebody is boasting, and envying, and uh, 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 as I said, all of these things are representative, they're not exhaustive, but if someone has traits that are almost against people, kind of putting people down and lifting themselves up in a way, then that's not love. And why do I say all of this? So that every day we need to wake up and before we go out, check ourselves and see where we are. What is our attitudes towards people? Am I going to work with a bad attitude against my supervisor, right? I mean, that's a generic statement. I don't have a supervisor, but if you do, all right, I have a bad attitude towards my supervisor, do I still have a bad attitude towards my ex, right? Am I, am, am I uh, uh, still all revved up about the, what my kids said to me, right? Am I all revved up about something that happened a long time ago to me and I haven't been able to let that thing go? How do I feel? Do I hate that person? who just cut me off on the road? And is it something that I can't get over? You know, is it something that my hour commute to work, I'm still all fired up and angry about that guy that did that to me an hour ago? Or am I able to extend grace? Or am I this person? That person should die in hell, right? What's my disposition towards people? Is it that, well, that person has some growth to do. Need to pray for that person. Or should that person be burning in hell, right? Should that, should, should that person, oh, I hope that that person gets into an accident, right? How is, do I have love in motion, right? Is it an action for me or is it just a concept, right? Is it just a concept that I am not applying to my life? How do I interact with people? Do I just naturally have an attitude with people? 
Am I like one of those grumpy customer service people? You know those customer service people who are in customer service who essentially it's almost customer disservice, right? Because they got attitudes up when you pick up the phone. You're almost like you don't want you want to ask for somebody else. Can I speak with somebody else, right? Am I inviting to people or do I come across like, even though I'm in customer service, this is my job. Do I come across like, you're bothering me. Why are you calling customer service? Well, because it's customer service, right? These are all ways now we testing what we have learned about love. I've been talking about love for a period of time, but I'm not going to be going off of it yet going to be going again into Romans next Thursday. But this is something that I'm going to say we should be asking ourselves every day. A lesson like that doesn't just end, oh, onto the next thing now. No, no. Because all good theology is practical theology. It's where the rubber meets the road. How am I applying what I have learned? That, that This is not academic. This involves real people. This involves real people, and real people should be touched by the lessons that I'm learning. Because if they're not, then those statements that I saw on Facebook by, by those Christians, nasty and angry and bitter and political and divisive and all of that foolishness that we know most Christians are nowadays, Right, get swept up by every wind of doctrine, every wind of doctrine, or do they stand firm in a principle of love? Is it are they pushed this way by the flesh, this way a little bit by the spirit, then that way a lot by the flesh? Where are they? Uh, this is what we have to ask ourselves, right? That that are. Uh, Christians, as a Christian, am I standing in a concert? That doesn't mean that you don't get upset, but it definitely means that if you do get upset, you make it right. So if you have an hour commute, you're not still stewing after the hour, hoping that the person that cut you off an hour ago is burning in hell one day, right? You're, you're not, you're, you're, you're not now tearing, coming back from church and trashing everybody in the church, right? You're not looking around at who to judge. You're extending grace and not disgrace.